You're listening to Nats Talk on the go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the go, special ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig. Uh, it's good to be back and doing the show after uh, we haven't spoke since opening day, so it's good to be back. Well, howdy, partner. How you doing over there? I'm doing just fine. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Why, why are we? Why are we? Is there a reason for that accent? There's no reason whatsoever. Why do you need one? Th- I just wanted to throw you off a little bit. I just started the show. I love when you do. I love right. when you do. It's great. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing really nice. Uh, I, I really like this Nationals team a lot. Minus like seven members of the team, <laughs> <laughs> which which we will get to uh, shortly. But speaking of liking the team a lot, I would like to talk a little bit about uh, two guys in the offense who are. Uh, I thought you were going to say real quick that you like our team so much, our special ops team. Well, I do like our special ops team so much. Would you like to talk about our special ops team a little bit? No, I just want to say I like our special ops team. If you want to find out more about special ops. Uh, go to our website, natstalkonthego.com, and then go to slash special ops. There you go. There you go. Um, so on Sunday, uh, the day that we are recording this very podcast, uh, Bryce Harper did the thing. He did two things. W- which two things? He hit the home runs to two times. He hit, exactly. I'm, I'm more talking about the game ending thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the game ending thing was quite a thing. Uh, yeah. So I, I was watching uh, with my family on the uh, on the holiday, and we were ha- we were all hanging around, and you know, a- as the bullpen was happening, which we will obviously be discussing at length at some point shortly. Um, when Harper came up, it, it really reminded me of it, 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 how deadly the offense is, especially in the middle of the lineup. I mean, like. What do you do there? You do you pitch to Bryce Harper, or do you load the bases for Murphy? Or yes, like, I mean, there's nothing to do there. You, I also was watching with my family, and I had a, a similar discussion. Uh, I believe uh, before Harper came up, I had the conversation. I said, "Do you consider walking Harper here? He's already gone yard once. He can easily win the game with one swing." Do you consider just putting a, a, a point to first base and just loading the bases for Murphy? And the, the, because there were two runners on base, it really put the Phillies in a bad spot. Because if there, if there weren't two runners on base, I think you'd probably do that. But if you load the bases there, Murphy's a contact hitter. He, he drops anyone down you in the game. Anywhere. You know, you just drop a hit anywhere outside the infield and you're probably winning the baseball game. So... Um, and you're certainly tying it up. So you just, it's such a tough spot with those those two hitting back-to-back. And then with Ryan Zimmerman hitting behind them, I mean, it's it's a murderer's row, 3-4-5 right now in the Nationals' offense, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's going really well uh, for the Nationals' offense right now. And it was a fantastic at-bat by Bryce Harper. Worked the count full. I believe he was down 0-2 uh, and then worked the count full. You could obviously correct me if I'm wrong. But it was a 3-2 count. Pitch came right down the dick. Yeah. Just a meatball right there. And he just crushed it. Yeah. I mean. He just tattooed the ball 
onto the batter's eye without a doubt. And I saw uh, one of those, you know, fan videos, uh, someone recorded from, uh, it looked like right in front of the press box, a little bit more towards the uh, third base side uh, up high uh, of the home run. And the pitcher was in the frame of the shot. Right. And the second Harper hit the ball, the pitcher started walking off. The pitcher did. He did not turn around and immediately started walking towards the third base dugout. Like, didn't even flinch and just walk towards the third base dugout instantaneously. And you were right. He did, it was 0-2. Yeah. It was just a crushed ball to the batter's eye. A no-doubt shot. Harper knew it. The pitcher knew it. Uh, somehow the center fielder did not know it because he went all the way to the fence. Yeah. I mean, you got to pursue it, I guess, for the last out of the inning, but uh, the last out of the game, if you if you can catch it. But, um, you know, it's he he. There, it was a no doubter. I mean, he hit that, and I was like, oh god. The the number of obscenities dropped at my household at that moment were significant. <laughs> I will I will say, it was it was an exciting time, especially um, after watching the bullpen do what. The bullpen's been does doing so well. <laughs> yeah, which is blow another game. Yeah. Um, you want to get into that now, or you want to? No, let's go ahead. I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room. Um, yeah. The Nationals. Let's ease into it a little bit uh, by talking about the starting pitching. Yeah. The Nationals' starting pitching. Uh, correction. The Nationals' starting pitchers have been fantastic. Correct. Every member of the starting rotation has been incredible yep. this year so far. Gio Gonzalez had another sterling start today. He got tagged for a couple more runs than he should have today, thanks to um, an unfortunate play yes. uh, by Jason Worth in left field, yep. um, which he owned up to in the postgame. Brilliantly. <laughs> yes, with a wonderful shirt. Yes. Uh, but... He has had three great starts to start the year. Scherzer's been great. Strasburg has been uh, as advertised and has been showing no uh, ill effects of his uh, dreadful walk off the field last September. He's been showing his ace status, as it were. Exactly. Uh, Tanner Roark has been the World Baseball Classic winning pitcher. Uh, just Greg Maddox-style guy. Yep. Uh, the only national starting pitcher blemish was when they had uh, a, a reliever, <laughs> right? Exactly. In the yeah. starting pitching role, who right. uh, got cut the next day, and uh, we'll get to that in a little bit with Jeremy Guthrie. But uh, on the whole, the starting pitchers have been fantastic, and I've actually got uh, a couple numbers here. Drop the it, numbers, Craig. Uh, we've talked a little bit in the past about game score. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a Bill James creation. Uh, you start at 50, and you kind of go up from there. Or uh, down. Uh, or or down, based on outs and walks and strikeouts and everything. And just to real quick, uh, some pitcher averages of, you know, career averages of game score. Uh, Clayton Kershaw has a career average game score of 60.8. Hugh Darvish, 60.5. Chris Sale, 60.4. You know, uh, Felix Hernandez, 57.5. David Price, 57.2. Okay, so that's kind of what we're talking about right now, okay? Those are averages. So as of right now, the Nationals, every single start 
except for one Tanner Roark start and the Jeremy Guthrie start has been above 60. Wow. That's pretty good. I didn't realize that. Every single one has been above 60. So right off the bat, the national starting pitching, you've seen uh, a lot of times the pitcher has gone seven instead of six, you know, instead of going seven and three or six and three runs, you're seeing seven and two runs, seven and one run, uh, and then handing it over to the bullpen. But, uh, I mean, Strasburg opening day, 60, Roark, 62, Geo, 63, Scherzer, 63, Guthrie, minus four. Yeah. Yes, you can get a minus. Yeah. That's uh, Strasburg. He was very bad. Tanner, Roark, 40, Gonzalez, 65, Scherzer, 64, Strasburg, 65, Roark, 64. So these are all really, really solid numbers uh, from the starting pitching. Uh, and you just hope that if you can get the solid pitching, starting pitching for six, seven innings, which you're getting, and even into the eighth, like Gio Gonzalez gave you today, uh, we're recording on Sunday, that the bullpen, you shouldn't, you're not asking a lot. You're asking for five outs. You're asking for six outs. They should be able to come in and lock down a two-run lead. Yeah, I. there's no reason not to, and you know, the Phillies have gotten better, but you're still talking about this is the Phillies that you're having trouble getting outs. And uh, Glover, I give a bit of a pass. You know, it was that bit of that that uh, defensive error in left field, uh, which is going to happen from time to time, I will say. And uh, I mean, that, that's that's a hard play. Oh, it is a hard play. Yeah. The, the short hop yeah. and the short, the in between. You don't know whether to go for it or let it bounce, and you just kind of, you know, make the wrong decision. Yeah, and and sometimes the ball gets by you, and it happens. It does, but I mean, Blake Trinan looks terrible. Yeah, he look he cannot find the strike zone, which um, is there's always a risk that's that that's going to happen, right? I mean, there's always a chance that you're going to have trouble throwing strikes, and Trinan has always been someone who has had more issue with that. And uh, our friend, a friend of the pod, uh, Ryan Sullivan, uh, uh, Nats GM, tweeted about this, and I think this is the ultimate point about about. Um, having Trinan in the closing role, he said, scouting note, extremely difficult to succeed as a closer with below average command. Not many 40-45 command guys at closer. And that's what Trinan is. He's a 40-45 command guy. And he he makes a good point. And when I predicted that, that Trinan was going to be the closer, I hadn't really considered just how bad his command is. It's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. and it's, And it's shown to be worse early this year than it was previously. Um, it's as bad as it was the last time they tried to make him a closer two years ago. Um, so maybe there's something to that. Yeah, I, I think there is. Um, but I thought that that was a really good scouting note from from Ryan. Uh, on It's really hard to have a guy that's not going to throw a lot of strikes. A, well, a, a pretty below average command guy trying to close out baseball games. You just It just doesn't work. Yeah, I completely agree. And you're also looking at a bullpen that is incredibly prone to the long ball. Right. Uh, coming into today's matchup, the bullpen had thrown 34 and a third innings and given up 10 home runs. Yeah, that's a lot of home runs. Which is a ton of home runs. And I've got some more just brutally painful numbers for you. Um, start Slash line, triple slash for uh, starters this year. Uh, this is before today. Uh, 234, 290, 324. That's pretty good. Yep. For uh, 290 is the is the is the on base. 
Yeah. That's pretty good. 324 slugging against. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's real good for the starters in, you know, so many games. Uh, relievers, 294 batting average against. Yeah. 351 on base against. Yeah. 569 slugging against. Yeah, that, that's that's a good OPS. <laughs> yeah. That, that OPS is high. Um, and so when... Uh, when you have starting pitching that's keeping you in games like that, you really your your job is to come in and throw strikes and don't walk guys. I mean, and and the Nationals bullpen's just not done that at all. It's, yeah. By and large, they they've just been really bad. Yeah, <laughs> just up really bad. Home, and home runs, uh, letting in inherited runners out the butt. <laughs> I mean, a technical term. It's 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 just been a, everyone's concern at the start of the year was the bullpen, and I think it's actually gotten uh, I think it's worse than that. <laughs> yeah, it is. I so I wasn't as concerned. I will say, like I I was certainly concerned. Don't get me wrong um, about whether or not the bullpen would be able to actually, you know, get the job done consistently. But I thought that overall. They would they would get into some precarious positions, but they wouldn't be blowing games and blowing games and blowing blowing games. every game. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as a result, they're blowing games and blowing games and blowing games. I mean, the there are two. I know it's not a, 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 an advanced number. There are two pitchers in the Nationals bullpen with ERAs below five. Two. Yeah. <laughs> like that is. Unbelievable. And one of them wasn't on the opening day roster. And one of them was not on the opening day roster. Yes, of the of the original seven, only Coda Glover has an ERA below five, and it's three six. Um, and he's striking out nobody. Uh, do you want to talk about the other guy who has a sub five ERA? Yeah, it's Matt Albers. Yeah. And he has come up and been amazing. He has been very good. Amazing to the tune of uh, of a zero ERA in three innings. In three innings, I believe it's two appearances. Yep. I believe it's two hits. Uh, I don't maybe? see the hits. Uh, I don't see those numbers in front of me, so I'd have okay, to find Okay, that's them. fine. But. Uh, he's been good, and he's been a stabilizing force. Uh, he was the man that came up to replace Gut 3, and it's been... He's been a godsend. Yeah, he has been incredibly good. Two hits, two strikeouts. Uh, two strikeouts. I was so close. Yes. But, um, yes, Matt Albers has, came, has come up and uh, done exactly what no one else in the bullpen has done, and that's get outs. And that very few people expected Matt Albers to be doing. I mean, yeah. there, were, there were enough guys in that bullpen that I think that there was a reason to be concerned. It, I mean, the, the thing you have to be concerned about is less that you know, yeah, Blake Trinan is failing at the closer role, which is which is certainly important. But many other guys are failing at jobs that they were good at last year. Sean Kelly has been not very good. Sammy Solis, who I love, has been dreadful. He has been dreadful all year, even going into uh, going back to spring. Exactly. I mean, he he just has not had it, and you don't know if that's a long term thing or not. And I wasn't worried about it when we were talking about it on the podcast. That I thought, you know, because he had been so good in 2016, I, I thought that he'd be fine. But he's not been. Even one of the guys that I thought was going to be a pretty stabilizing force, and I thought was a great sign, and Joe Blanton has been not good. 
Um, there, it's just there has not been a lot that you could look at at the bullpen and go, this is fine. I mean, nothing is good right now. I mean, he's the, the th- only thing you could say about Blanton and Ali Perez is they haven't walked anyone, so that's that's good. But other than that, I mean, they've been. I mean, Oliver Perez has an ERA close to twelve. Yeah. He's just it's just not it's a problem. It's a real problem. And it's it's not like for the record, it, I I'm citing ERA numbers. Their advanced stats, not better. No. <laughs> they are not better. Uh they all but one of them have FIPs above five as well. So I mean they're just not good. So I don't I guess the question is ultimately, is there any recourse for the nationals in the system? Do you have a prediction, you know, Monday is an off day? And then they'll be going into some series uh, away from Nats Park. Do you have any predictions about any changes that might be made coming up, or are there no options? Um, I honestly can't see any changes sitting there. Um, It's too early to make big moves. Yeah. Uh, You definitely don't want to panic. And the the, the Guthrie thing was, uh, you know... Kind of panic, but kind of necessary. Um, you know, they needed a man at the time, and he had just, you know, pretty much blown up in front of everyone's eyes. Yeah, I mean, they really didn't have a choice with that, honestly. I mean, right. They, they kind of just had to had to figure it out. They didn't. They did not have too much of a choice. So I, I, I think honestly, right now, you just kind of have to hope that there's a course correction, and you just kind of have to stick with your guys, but. I really don't see much in the minors to count on. I think at some point in the next couple of weeks, there's close to a hundred percent chance we're going to see Joe Nathan. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much the only person there. Yeah, who just resigned the the minor league. Deal. Did uh, did Sean Burnett ever sign a minor league deal? I am not sure. I don't remember. I was just I was just in the process of looking that up right now. Um, I feel like. He might be in the organization, but I could be wrong. Uh, John Lannon doing submarines. Yeah, I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe that becomes a thing. Um, that It is possible, but, uh, oh, maybe, never mind. He was released by the Phillies. That's his last transaction. He, well, there you go. Um, so, I don't know. It's, it's he being Sean Burnett. Um, yeah, I think, I think you got to just kind of wait it out and hope that it's a, a small sample size, two-week fluke. Yeah, I mean, you you hope that's the case. Six guys. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. It's six guys all having the same problem, and you have to look at it and go. But at the flip side, what you don't have a what are you going to do? There, you you're not trading for a closer in April. No team's getting rid of their closer in April or any big back of the bullpen reliever in April. You just have to see if you could stay in it for long enough with a bullpen that is atrocious or you hope the bullpen gets better that you know it's it's one thing to get upset about it and it, rightfully so but at some point you what can you do i i don't think they have any choices at this point it's one of those things the the train to do something about it passed long ago yeah um and they're gonna have to figure something out until the, something on the trading block has you know happens and that's not for some time so uh, I know a lot of people are very, very unhappy with Mike Rizzo, with the learners, all of that. 
Do you harbor the same unhappiness with Mike Rizzo and the learners? Uh, Mike Rizzo still has about 400,000 passes in my book um, for what he's done. Do I think that he um, adequately addressed the bullpen problem? I do not. Do I think he was at fault for that? I do not. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I, I, I tend to agree there. Um, I don't know what more was out there that he could really do. Um, I know there have been a couple minor guys here and there that people wanted to sign. Uh, several of them have been hurt since, and uh, several of them signed elsewhere for less money. Yeah. So there is that. Uh, so as far as the ownership group, though, uh, and I just want to point out that uh, Mark Melanson also has a close to seven ERA in, in San Francisco. So for people beating down that door, again, small sample size, it's early in that deal. But it's not like, you know, that's been like, oh, things would be fine if Mark Melanson was around. You know, that's it may that may not be the case, too. So just don't forget that. But, yeah, I mean, they, the Nats missed out on on some some big free agents at the back end of the bullpen. There's no question about it. And. Maybe there's something to blame with the learners there with wanting to, you know, have deals um, all backloaded and, you know, to try and save them some money. And maybe there's something to that. I don't know. So if you're going to put blame somewhere, I think that is a much, much, much better place to put it than on Mike Rizzo. I just, I don't get the blaming Mike Rizzo thing. That doesn't make, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I tend to agree. It's... Do you put blame on the uh, on the ownership group? I mean, the deferred money is always a thing. Yeah, um, they're the richest owners in baseball. Yeah, one of the richest owners in sports. Um, so I don't understand it as much, but it's also not my money, so yeah. I can't really speak to it that much. Yeah, I mean, um, you own a team to spend money, and they've also more than made back that investment. I mean, they bought they bought the team for six hundred million dollars, and I think. Um, it was recently valued at close to four billion or something like that, or two two point six billion or something. I mean, it's a huge increase, huge increase. The team's worth some money, and and they got their investment in ten years. Um, it's a good investment if you got the initial billion dollars. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you'd hope that they would figure out how to do that, how to spend a little bit more money, and but maybe they're not gonna. Maybe that's just not what they want to do. And that's something that we're going to have to get used to. Um, but there, it's not like the other problem with the bullpen in, and, and blaming Mike Rizzo, there weren't that many people available on the free agent market for bullpen that were good this year. It was yeah. very, very slim pickings uh, yeah. on, on, the, on the reliever market in general. So, I know a lot of people really wanted David Robertson, but just go ahead and look at David Robertson in 2016, and then tell me you really think that would be great as well. So right, I mean he's a big name and he and he was a closer, but um, I, I don't. Drew Storton fits that bill too. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> do, that's do you, a very good point. Is, do you, is that what you're looking for? I don't know. Um, he's been now Robertson's been good so far this year, but. Also, he was going to cost the rest of the Nats farm system to get, probably, <laughs> because this, the White Sox were asking for a lot. Yeah, and let's just, uh, real quick, uh, on Rizzo, um, check and see how Giolito's doing. Uh, there was a great article about him this weekend. We um, actually have a question about that, so we will uh, we will hit that up, up in the questions. Hold. Yeah, we, we do have a question about that. 
So any other wrapping up thoughts on the bullpen besides, you know, it's bad and there's not much we can do about it? Do you see any glimmers of hope outside of Albers in, in, in the bullpen that we can hang our hats on? I mean, a lot of these guys are career relievers and their numbers aren't this terrible. So right. I, 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 it's hard for me to look at a two-week sample and say this is the new normal. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, but with, you know, a Blake Trinan or a Coda Glover, that's tough because they're still relatively new into their careers. So that's obviously not great. Uh, yeah, you, the sample size on knowing what their career is going to be like is a lot smaller. And on top exactly. of that, you have, uh, you know, you have guys like uh, Perez who are no longer spring chickens. And, and Joe Blanton, too. Well, isn't you Wait, is Joe Blanton... Thir- 33 or 36, I don't really remember. I'm pretty sure it's the latter. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought too. So, I mean, those are things you do have to worry about. These guys, yeah, it's 36. So, those are things you have to worry about with those guys too. Are they regressing now that they're getting a little bit older? So that, that's something you have to worry about with bullpen arms too. Um, but The wear and tear. The wear, Exactly, it's just wear and tear on, on the arms. Um, but I think that, believe it or not, I, I didn't think I was going to come around on this, but I think the the thing to hang our hats on is I do think Coda at some point is going to be the guy. I think he's probably going to be the guy. And I think he might be good at it. Yeah. I I think watching him pitch, I think it was on Friday night when he was throwing a a 98-mile-an-hour moving fastball and then a 94-mile-an-hour – I mean – either call it a a cutter with a lot of movement or a slider with not so much movement, but – it moved a lot in that plane at 94 well, miles an hour, and it was impressive. Well, if you really think about it, if the Nationals were to get Melanson, a Jansen, um, or anyone else that could have closed for them in the free agent market this offseason, would Coda Glover be a National to start the season in 2017? No, he would have been Probably in not. For He'd sure. Probably be in AAA. So, I mean, that kind of tells you a little bit right there so yeah um he might be a little bit ab- above his head right now he jumped a lot last year he jumped single eight of the majors in one year yeah. that never happens <laughs> i mean it is i think he is going to be he has a chance to be good i i'm not a huge believer in the he's got the mentality i think you just have to be able to execute pitches yeah, i mean it, you, you just go out there and get outs yeah I, that's just what you do. It's not. This isn't Mariano Rivera. There aren't. There may not be any more of those. Um, and by may not, I mean there's almost certainly not. But yeah. um, you have to. Not to mention. I mean, partly because it's a different game now than it used to be. The yeah, game, and there are, there are plenty of failed starters who become amazing relievers. I mean, like, like lots Mariano of Mariano Rivera. Exactly. Uh, Tyler Clippard, <laughs> for a uh, long time, failed Wade starter. Davis. Incredibly good. Wade Davis is an incredibly good example. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think there's a lot to look at, but uh, I just think the more these guys can start locating and executing pitches, the better off they're going to be. And guys like Trinan, and, uh, you know, to conclude the segment here a little bit, but like uh, Ryan Sullivan was saying, he's right. Guys like Trinan who don't project to throw a lot of strikes are probably not going to do very well in a late-ending relief situation. Yeah, so hopefully... Uh things kind of regress towards uh, a mean a little bit more. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. 
I'm trying not to panic. It's bad right now, and it's really hard to watch, and it's got to be frustrating for everyone, including the bullpen. And don't tell me the bullpen doesn't care. Oh, yeah, come on. And Just hit yourself in the head with a bottle if you do that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's it's 12 games. We're not even 10% through yet. I mean, we're it's a long year. <laughs> that's, that's called sabermetrics, folks. Yeah. Right the, there. Hashtag math. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about... Uh, about Trey Turner's injury a little bit. Ugh, Unless you want to hit... Uh, we we talked a little about Zim. Anything else you want to say about about Zim being great? I just don't Zim want to is back, it. baby. Yeah, I, he is. I picked him as, you know... I basically said I thought his career was over to start the season. and Yes, you did. What did I say? And you said I was very wrong. And I you, said you were very wrong to the tune of amazing statistics. And I said, Zim's back. Yep. And everyone laughed at me. I, I did. Zim's back. I said he's going to hit 280. I think I said 20 or 25 bombs. Yep. Uh, I can't remember if it was 20 or 25. Either way, he's already got three. I want to say I said 40 doubles. He's crushing it right now. He just looks like a different player. He look. He looks. Zim's back, baby. He looks. Hashtag Zim's back, baby. <laughs> nice. That's well done, John Oliver situation. I think that. It's not just that he's putting up good numbers. If you watch him hit, he looks comfortable at the plate. He is killing the ball. He's elevating the other way. He looks ex- like vintage, healthy Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, he looks like exactly what a good Ryan Zimmerman should look like. And that's exactly what I was saying uh, at the beginning of the season with the, uh, you know, all, all the talk about the launch angle, blah, 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 blah. It took him a little bit of time to get used to the first base position, uh, to get comfortable in his own skin again, to get comfortable in the field. Uh, and if you're not comfortable on the field doing what you've done your entire life, um, you're not going to be comfortable at the plate. Yep. So especially when you've had so many shoulder issues and arm issues, you know, that's going to affect everything else. So getting him in there uh, and getting him kind of comfortable – in one area leads him to get comfortable in the other so he's back he's there he's doing the thing it's awesome and i mean how much do you think daniel murphy has a factor in in his success um sure uh i would guess a lot i i think probably based on our conversation earlier yeah uh, with you know just the really nice nicely designed lineup yeah i think so too and I, I I seem to get the impression that, that he had conversations. I think I read an article about it. I don't know if it's on Fangraphs or whatever, that, that Murphy had conversations with him about stuff from last year, things that he was seeing, because Murphy just is like, he's destined to be a hitting coach at some point in his in his post-baseball career. Yeah, talk about a career change. Yeah, that guy was barely, he was replacement level for his whole career up until two years ago. It's, a, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Yeah. Um, all right, so real quick on on Trey Turner, you said you wanted to hit a hit a thing on Trey. Yeah, um, it's sad that he hurt his hamstring, but I think the time off will let him get his head right a little bit. He did not start the season well at all. Yeah, he looked lost at the plate, very very lost. Yeah, um, I want to say he had one, maybe two hits all year, and I want to say it was his first at bat of the entire season. Yeah, the first at bat of the year, I think he uh, he had he had a hit. He had a hit, and then came around to score um, because Adam Eaton is the god. Yeah, he is very good. 
Uh, he is very, very good. Which we'll talk about when we get to that Giolito question. But on this, on the same token, uh, you were saying how Turner was was so not good. Uh, he has he had two hits. No, I'm sorry, oh. three three hits on the year, uh, three stolen bases. <laughs> yeah. So he has the potential to do to do a lot when he gets on base, but he wasn't getting on base very much. In he his first, looked uh, very very lost. Nineteen he plate very, appearances. Very lost plate. Yep. So um, hopefully. Uh, a little time off, a little rest, gets him uh, back focused, ready to go, uh, figures out what was going on in the first week of the season, gets him ready to go off that 10-day DL, not the 15. Yeah, that's going to take some time getting used to. Weird. Yeah. So, very odd. Trey Turner, yeah, it's a thing. It is very much a thing. Um, yeah. So, anything else you want to hit before we... Uh... You said you wanted to talk a little bit more about Jeremy Guthrie. Mm, or or no. I guess we can talk a little bit about him. Um, it'd be a shame if his career ends on a 129 ERA. Yeah, I feel um, it was so painful to watch that. It was like it was like watching his start was like watching stages of grief. It was like anger, and then you're like whatever, and then you just start feeling bad for the guy, and then, yeah, I mean it was just painful to watch. Yeah. And the whole time he was like trying to be upbeat on the mound. You could see him doing it. It was just, it was just brutal. To just watch. not working. It was, yeah. He did not have it, to say the least. Yeah, and he said all the right things after the game, and you know, they left him in there, and he ate it like a professional. Yeah, he did the veteran he, thing. He did the veteran thing, and I'm sure he knew it was coming after the game, but you know, it's still, it's still rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it, it'd be a shame to see his career end like that. Hopefully he gets another shot at some point because he really did have a good spring training. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, I really, I do not understand. I still do not understand why Joe Ross was not up for the game. Um, I just don't get it. Well, he wasn't eligible. I, I, I just don't understand. What do you mean? Uh, why... They haven't been using the sixth man on the bench. Right. But you can't... Ross wasn't eligible to be called up. Yes, I know. But why did they make the decision in the beginning of the year? Oh, 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 oh. Understood. Understood. Yeah, yeah, that's... You're right. Because they haven't been using much of the bench guys. So why did why not have them there? Yes. Or have him there? There many, many situations where you could see Michael A. Taylor come in as a late-inning... Uh, Base runner uh, or defensive, defensive replacement. replacement, yep. And it is just not done. Yeah. He he's, today, he played the other day. Today was a prime example of that. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Um, I just, I don't understand. I've never understood that about Dusty Baker, just uh, his just resistance to defensive replacements or base running replacements. I just don't understand, uh, as much as we love Jason Wirth and how he, smart he is as a base runner, sometimes, you know, it's nice to have little little wheels on the bases in the eighth and ninth inning. Yeah, I mean, um, Jason Worth's one of the smartest base runners on the team. It's just he's not as fast as some of the other guys. Right. So anyway, um, uh, I, I would I would have liked to see Joe Ross in there. Um, and you could always say, "Hey, Trey's hurt," and that's an excuse. Yeah, that's true. Injuries are an excuse. You can bring guys up for for that. For that's injury. a good point. So uh, I I don't remember the timeline and how exactly it worked, but. They fake injuries all the time. Happens a lot. <laughs> it happens all yeah. the time. 
There was a, an interview uh, last week, I believe, with a, I want to say it was a Cardinals pitcher who missed a start or two in the late summer, and they said it was a lower body leg strain or something like that. And he basically, during the interview, he was just like, oh, yeah, they just wanted me to miss a couple starts to save my arm and to save some innings. Right. And so they just made up that. I mean, it happens. And he literally said that in the interview. Yeah, and there's no no rule against saying that. So <laughs> you could have brought Joe Ross up for that. Yeah. So I just don't understand why that happened in the first place. But anyway, that's just me. Um, but Guthrie did the professional thing, and uh, hopefully his career is not over for it. But he took it like a man. He owned up to it. Uh, it was bad. It didn't look good. Did not look good. All right, anything else before we hit questions? Uh, one more thing. Yep. Really, really, really important thing. Nice. Let's do it. Let's do it. I like it. Well, I was going to ask you what you're having, but we got a question about it. So we I'm did get a ask. question. Let's... So, uh, from Steve, who will be the first member of the Nats bullpen to be a victim, i.e., sent to the minors? Uh, well, we've already seen someone get cut, so. Yeah. Uh, it was Jeremy Guthrie. But um, he wasn't in the bullpen. He was in the bullpen. Well, he started. Yes, I know, but he wasn't. He Okay. He was the long man, and he yeah. started be okay. All right, who's the first? Um, it's probably, I don't know, who do you think? I think it's Coda. That's who I wanted to say. Yeah. I don't think it should but, be. I think it's who it's going to be, though. Yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't think it should be Coda, but I think it probably would be Coda. Yeah. Uh, the only other option would be Trinan, but I don't even know if he has options, does he? Uh, I'm not sure. So, the I mean, options are tough to remember because they're not readily available. Yeah, they're hard to find. Uh, but I'm going to say Coda. Okay. Uh, Steve Golden says, how are you feeling about Mr. Geo? I'm feeling great. I, uh, I know last year, Gio Gonzalez started the season with his first two starts were a 0.69 ERA. His first two starts this season were a 0.69 ERA. Um, and then after that last year, he had a 4.7-something. Yeah, he trailed off quite a bit. Uh, he started very similarly last year. And so this year I was a little concerned uh, that he would start to trail off uh, after that greatness. But today he was fantastic. Uh, in the next six innings after giving up a leadoff home run, he gave up only two hits and then pitched into the eighth with an incredibly efficient pitch count. Yeah, that's the thing I think that's a little bit different for me. It's not just that he has put up a low ERA early. It's he has been going deep. He's gone into the seventh inning at least the last two games. and His last two starts, he's just been, he's been lights out. I mean, he's been, he's looked very good. He's been throwing a lot of strikes. He's been working really quickly. And he usually is a guy when he's not going well, he's like, he just stands around on the mound a lot. And he has not been doing that. He's, his confidence is up. I think that uh, it, we're looking at a decent year from Geo. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I know he's really uh, banking on getting to Miami for the All-Star game. Uh, it's really important to him. Ah, there it is. So I uh, hope he gets there. And he's pitching like he deserves it right now. So. And not to mention, I mean, it's worth pointing out, contract year. Ah, uh, yes. It's a contract Absolutely. year for him. So he's, he's got a lot of reasons to have his head in the game this year. So uh, hopefully it turns into a, a boon for the Nets. 13 reasons why Geo's pitching well. 
<laughs> nice. There's your pop culture reference for the week. I like Anyone? it. Anyone? Joe doesn't know what Thirteen I don't, Reasons no, Why I don't, is. That's I don't fine. either. No, I have no idea. No, it's fine. Uh, Dan Guzman, please do your personal ranking of the three top best candies, Easter or otherwise. And if wow, you agree on, best candies? And if you agree on all three, I may go mad. Wow. Okay, uh, best candies. Whew. Wow, this is a very difficult one. Um, I know. Do they have to be in order? Uh, he just says top three, say, and, and it's a Guzman he, question, so I'm assuming he's going to say, take the question as you want, Craig. Did he say rank them? He did not, just top three. Okay, top three. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's always a qualifier. Um, okay, so my top three are uh, Skittles before they change them to green apple instead of lime. Yep. Because lime is vastly superior. Agreed. Um, the dark chocolate peanut M&M's. Ooh. And then Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. God damn. Yeah. Uh, okay. All, all skeet, skeet, goddamn. So, uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Egg. Mmm, mmm. You know, I wanted to go the egg. Yeah. I wanted to, but... Reese's yeah. Peanut Butter Egg, for sure. Uh, so good. Mm. Take Five Candy Bar. Wow. I no, love... I didn't... I did not used to like the Take Five. Love the Take My Five. My mind was changed after a little bit. The peanut butter, the chocolate, the pretzel. It's all good. The caramel. The caramel. Uh, caramel? Love, uh, car- uh, caramel. I usually say caramel. I, I say both. Yeah. Because I, yeah. it's fun. Mess it's fun to people. have a word you pronounce two different ways. And then uh, in order to keep it consistent, I'm going to do a, a, a just a regular straight-up candy. Uh, don't let me think about what I want. I'm going to go with uh, Gummy Bears. Haribo gummy bears. Wow. Yeah. Those are my three. Okay. All right, then. Those are my three. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Back to a few questions from Steve here. Uh, Given the way Giolito has been playing and how Eaton has been playing, please preemptively rate that trade. Uh, Fleecing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was... People got so concerned about it. And I honestly... I I said this at the time. I was more upset about giving up Lopez than I was giving up Giolito. I mean, I... I just didn't see it from Giolito, and Giolito's been worse than bad. And he was not good here. Um, so, yeah, uh, I hope he figures it out. But preemptively looking at what I'm looking at now, uh, Adam Eaton is incredible and uh, span-like, and it's exactly what we needed in that situation. Yeah, I was, I was saying to someone uh, earlier, uh, actually it was like last week, um, that I have never become attached to the Nationals' new players as quickly as I have with Adam Eaton and Matt Weeders. Really? Weeders, too, huh? Weeders, too. Their numbers are great. That's why. Uh, yeah, okay, that's fair. I, I I feel that way about Eaton, not Weeders, yet. They're they're hitting the ball really well. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. I they, They're both tattooing it. And, and the uh, only other one I could think of that I could possibly say uh i could feel similarly uh in early love with was denard span yeah oh yeah Span. i fell in love with span immediately i was so amped about that that trade I, so anyway yeah uh just a real quick aside there no, number but, two center fielders yeah there you, you go you have an affinity for in dc um so anyway um i know that this early scouting for the giolito era of the White Sox has been less than stellar. Yeah. 
he's sitting 90 to 94 with a lack of command. Yeah, with no command, yeah. It's like the worst comment. And he was throwing 98. I mean, he, he, he could throw 100. Yeah, so lack of command is very, very scary. So if he keeps this up, he is going to plummet down the prospect rankings. And this could be a very, very shrewd move by uh, Mike Rizzo. Uh, I haven't really checked in on Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, have you? I have not. Uh, okay, then. I do not have his uh, his numbers in front, but um, yeah, I'll pull him up right now with the White Sox. He's got a, a six point five ERA for for, yeah. for what that's worth in yeah. AAA. Um, okay, then. Uh, and the the one caveat for both of these guys is Lopez. They're both in their age twenty three seasons. Age 23 seasons. They're young. Size. Yeah. Uh, so they're super duper young. You worry about the velocity with Giolito more than anything um, being so low and, and, and also being bad. But uh, it'll be worth worth keeping an eye on. But uh, typically these guys know what they're doing when they're getting rid of uh, pitchers and players and prospects yeah. with these caliber. But Adam Eaton has been everything the Nationals organization hoped for. And hopefully he has made the doubters uh, believe yeah. in Adam Eaton. He is he has been this player <laughs> for years, and we're just getting to see it firsthand. Yeah, he this is, is this is the difference is when he's, you have a guy that plays in the AL Central and you don't get an idea, and then you see he's a little guy that doesn't hit for power, and then people freak out. But he's he's been this good. He's really yeah, good. He's, He's he he's he's nice. I, yeah. I like him very very much. Agreed. And his his name is Spanky, and that's fun. That's or Mighty Mouse. Do, also, I can good. do the hand emoji and the peach emoji, and it's like it's spanking it. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I think the last one here from Steve. Um, Battle Royale between Chelsea James, Mass and Colco, uh, Bob Carpenter, and Johnny Holiday. Uh, Johnny Holiday is uh, going to win that s- battle royale. Scrappy. Chelsea Janes, I think, gets second. Dan Coco gets last because he doesn't want anyone to touch his hair. Also because he has a podcast now, and that's not cool. He's a competitor, so we got to yeah. drop him down. I got Chelsea Janes. I think he's she- no longer a friend of the pod. Oh, that's uh, he's a friend of the he's a friend of my pod. Wow, go on. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Fang wants to know. You write the plot of the president's race for one game. What is the plot? The plot is uh, they run really, really fast, and whoever wins, wins. I really thought you were going to have something creative for that, because that was going to be my answer. Okay. I thought you were going to go creative, and I was going to go, they run a race, and then someone wins. Nice. <laughs> that was going to be mine. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll come up with one. Uh, ask that question again next week. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Fang, send out that question again next week. <laughs> um, besides MLB from Dan Guzman... Uh, which do you think? Uh, which league do you think has the pl- best playoffs to watch? Besides MLB, no. uh, it's NHL. It's that's not a question. Uh, I think a tie between the NHL and the NBA. Wow, the NBA does an incredibly good job of putting on a spectacle, mm. and I appreciate. I love the NHL. I'm not an NBA guy, but they do a wonderful job putting on a spectacle. Go Wizards! They won today. Yeah, they did a thing. Today. Beat the Hawks, John Wall. He's he good. Uh, another one from Guzman. On a scale of easy like Sunday morning to 
time to eat the pets. How panicked should we be about the bullpen struggles? Uh, I think we answered this. I'd say it's time to eat many things. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say something close to that, but just below that. How about that? Nice. Uh, from the Nats GM, what are you drinking? I'll just, I'll just, I'm going to ask these in sequence. So what are you drinking? Uh, I started the podcast with a beer from Captain Lawrence Brewing Company out of, uh, New York, uh, called Seeking Alpha. Okay. It is, it is a triple IPA. Goodness. And it comes in at 12%. Well, look at you. So it is delicious. And I had that first. And now I am drinking a Fortum Leo and Ursus by Firestone Walker Brewing Company. It is an unfiltered Imperial IPA coming in at 8.2%. You are, you are digging on the uh, IPAs today. I am really much digging on it uh, because I'm still not healthy and I am on anthra- anthrax drugs. So Anthrax drugs? Yeah, I'm on anthrax drugs. I don't know what that means. I'm on drugs that are used to cure anthrax. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it's not good. Um, well, that, I'm, it, it's hockey season, so I'm drinking Molson Canadian. That's what I'm drinking. Nice. That's all I got. <laughs> not nearly as good. Uh, when are we inviting NetsGM.com back, we will, which will be soon, because we've got to get his content on the internet again. That's yeah, uh, RIP. Yeah. NetsGM. Yeah, hopefully that gets resolved at some point quickly. Yes. Because um, his stuff is invaluable. Uh, which is worse, the Nats bullpen or Coors Light? Uh, who... cool. Coors Light. Coors Light is worse. I'm going to say the Nats bullpen. Yeah, Coors because... Light. Coors Light's worse. No. Because uh, I'm a straight shooter, respected on all sides. <laughs> yes. Uh, better Easter pick, breakfast or lunch? Is his final Wait. question. Wait, wait, what's the question? That, that's it. That's all I got. Wait, better Easter pick? Breakfast or lunch. That's it. Uh, I don't understand the question either. I hope you did. Breakfast is always the pick. I disagree. I'm not a breakfast guy. Breakfast is always the pick. I, I'm a lunch guy. Uh, at breakfast. Uh, <laughs> saying, what is your favorite meat and tube form to, cons- to consume at the ballpark, and how do you dress it? Uh, I believe... Uh, my favorite is the Italian sausage. Yep. With the sauce, with the peppers and onions, and I like a nice spicy brown mustard. Okay, you're, you're such a dick. I, I'm starting to answer some of these questions first because it just seems okay. like I'm copying you. Uh, I, I will I will say uh, a close second for me. Simple simple all beef hot dog with uh, onion and mustard. Maybe maybe a little ketchup. Just saying. Um. Beard, you could not have my Cadbury eggs. I could tell you that for sure. I love Cadbury eggs. That is, there's a decent chance that was uh, going to end up on my list, but I didn't want to limit myself to one season for my candy, but I definitely had a Cadbury egg with my lunch today. I have not had a Cadbury egg in roughly 25 years. Oh, God, I love them so much. Roughly 25 years. Wow. So uh, if you would like to send me a Cadbury egg, please send me a DM. Nice. At Craig Mack. Slide into Craig's DMs. Slide there. Okay, a few from from Slide saying. there hard. Nice. Uh, what are some uh, former ball players that currently aren't doing TV or radio that you'd like to see do TV or radio? I saw one intro to this that I absolutely loved, and it was Rick Ankio. Oh, that'd be good. I'd I like to see that. Very, very good. Yeah, 
that's really good. I I don't really have a good answer for this. I'll be honest. I uh, don't have a great answer. Rick and Keel uh, would be cool though. I would love to see Ricky in the booth. Yeah. Because I think Ricky, uh, everyone needs more Ricky in their life. Okay. Uh, because Ricky does Ricky better than anyone does Ricky. I feel like I'm missing a reference here, or you're just losing it's, it. It's Ricky Henderson. Oh, nice. Yeah, good call. And he's literally the most entertaining person in the world. He is very entertaining. And so, also good at stealing the bases. Very good at stealing the bases. Uh, and i got to say that as much as I do not like our pregame and postgame and all of that show uh, with the Masson and the personalities that they may or may not have, <laughs> uh, hey there, buddy, thanks, whatever it was. Oh, yeah, right. No, no worries, buddy. No worries. Um, thanks, buddy. No worries, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, it's better than the A's and having Jose Canseco. So. Is he really on the broadcast now? He is on the pregame. Get out of town. Yep. I had no idea. That's bad. And that's really it's bad. Ricky with an EY. Jesus yes. Christ, people. <laughs> uh, some folks on April 15th, 2017, did the Epic DC Sports doubleheader by going to a Nats game and a Caps game. Have you done that before? Um, I have done some intense, long sporting things. I don't know if I've ever done a double like that. I have. Oh. I, in 2011, I, I did a, a day Phillies game and evening Flyers playoff game. Nice. Uh, in 2011 with my friend Mike, who had Flyer season tickets at the time. Ah, uh, Mike. Yes. Who's getting married this year? Oh, good for him. Yeah. Excited. I'm, I'm in that wedding. I'm jazzed about it. That'll be great. Yeah, it'll be a good time. You're, you're jazzed-handsed about it. I am jazzed-handsed about it. Yes. Um, so, Beard wants to know, cool t-shirt or coolest t-shirt uh, worths uh, UZR champion t-shirt. It's a cool one. Oh, it's really good. That's really yeah. cool. I mean, the fact that he committed a... I mean, it was a pretty pretty bad error, to be candid about it. And the fact that he showed up to his interview wearing a UZR... For people who don't know, UZR is Ultimate Zone Rating. Yeah, uh, it it's, is. it's a way to kind of try and get an idea of how somebody, uh, how good someone is defensively. Um, and so he, Worth had a good sense of humor about uh, his, his left field uh, snafu, and I thought that it, was great. I was going to say adventures, but I like snafu. Yeah, it was a snafu a little bit. And we're going to wrap up our, our questions with, uh, with a couple from Johan. Oh, excellent. Uh, how crazy is it that Murphy started the year with an 11-game hit streak after basically no spring training? All he does is hit, 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 no matter what. Yes. Uh, it, he gets, like, everyone's always joked about how Ryan Zimmerman literally can get out of bed and hit. Yeah. In spring training. Yeah. Uh, Danny Murphy can literally pull the Kyle Schwarber in the World Series. Yeah. it's it, And just roll up and play what one game in the wbc yeah and then just do the thing in the in the regular season which is why come in yeah and just what five game two hit streak and then yeah. just 11 game hitting streak just freakish which is why uh you know watching to the game on sunday when they they chose to pitch to harper on a three two count rather than walking i can't blame them for doing that no it was a poorly executed pitch but I can't blame the Phillies for pitching to Harper because 
are you really going to load the bases for Daniel Murphy? I mean, no. You're, you'd be crazy to do that, too. So, I mean, it's crazy that he started a game with an 11-game hit streak, a, the year with an 11-game hit streak anyway. Irrelevant of the fact that he had no spring training. I mean, it's just crazy anyway. Uh, he's very good. Yes. And then finally, how good of a pickup has Adam Lind been? He, that kind of pickup is the kind of thing... You, it's always there's always a saying that like benches win World Series. You know the depth of of your bench is a huge indicator of how successful you're going to be in a, in the playoffs. And seeing someone like Lind basically being of a of a good starter on your bench, it's remarkable to have him there. Yes, no. I I completely agree. Yeah. I mean I I got nothing to add. Adam Lind is a phenomenal pickup. Uh, he can spell at first base effectively, uh, and he has already proven that he can come off the bench and hit the ball. Yeah. He's a professional. That's what you need. Yeah. He was a great ad. So people who are knocking Mike Rizzo for not doing something with a bullpen that he really didn't have a lot of choice over uh, and did as much as he could with, look at look at the ads like Adam Lind that are giving you huge additions to the team offensively as well. To a team that has basically the best uh, offense in baseball right now. So, that's it for questions. Um, and I think that's it for this week's show, unless you've got uh, anything to add, Craig. I have nothing to add. Okay. Uh, well, uh, like Craig mentioned earlier, if you go to natstalkonthego.com slash specialops, you'll get some information about how to... Uh, how to sign up and become a member. Thank you to the people who have uh, renewed your memberships this year and to some new folks as well. Um, and we will be getting a, a T-shirt up there this week, we hope. Uh, this week is the plan. We, we do hope. We, Craig and I both have crazy weeks this week. Um, yes. um, do, we, do we want to tell people about our lives a little bit? Sh- sure. Let's do it on the uh, other side of the uh, – after the recording, though. Oh, a little incentive to listen to the live stream. That's what I'm saying. That's there what we I'm go. saying. Um, and I, we have some more incentive with that coming up. Uh, I've, I've done some more research into the thing we talked about last week, which we will what? also talk about after we finish recording. To those of you listening to the recorded version, listen to our live show. Um, all right. So I think that's it. And the last thing I'll add is uh, check out the natsblog.com because we've added uh, quite a few folks to our writing staff. We had a lot of applicants, uh, a lot of great applicants. We picked a few. Uh, to, to add to the rotation, and they are already starting to post new content on the natsblog.com. So uh, looking for another big year out of the blog. So thank you for listening to episode 149 of Nats Talk on the Go, and we'll see you guys for oh 150. God. Oh, my God. for listening to Nats Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at natstalkonthego on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats.
All right.